0: 11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is Donovan Pines. Donovan, how's it going?
2: I'm good. How are you, Paul?
1: I'm good, good. Let's so go back in time a little bit. Uh, what was your first memory of playing soccer?
2: First memory of playing soccer. I think it was kind of probably a, a sad memory, but it was an interesting one. So It was when I was probably six years old and I was watching my mom play uh, soccer because she was playing for a co-ed team and i wanted to try to replicate what you could do on the field and of course you know i'm looking over and i'm trying to you know play with a ball on the side of the field and you know then i i kick a rock and then you know i i keep playing with the ball but then i look down at my foot and it's all you know it's all bloody and then i was like crying really hard and i I was just like i felt so bad because my mom had to get me pick me up off the ground and you know just tend to me but that was probably like the oldest memory of soccer but you know, it still made me fall in love with the sport.
1: Yeah, that's that's a pretty funny one because right when you said that, I was like, "How do you remember something that when you were six years old?" But that makes sense if you if you. That's
2: ex- exactly <laughs> right. It's kind of just like a random memory, but it kind of is like a yeah. little bit of an inspiration. Same thing with the you know inspiring for my mom, inspiration for my mom.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So I know you said your mom played soccer. Is anyone else in your family when you're like growing up that you looked up to?
2: Uh, no, I think it was just my mom. She played, you know, in the co-ed league. She didn't play in college, but she played lacrosse in college, but she played high school soccer growing up, but she loved just soccer in general. And I think she's the one who pretty much propelled me into loving the sport and playing it at a young age.
1: Yeah, that's dope. Now going into when you're in, in high school, what was your recruiting process like?
2: Yeah. Okay. That's a good question. So I went to high school, so I was in the pre-academy for DC United because I started when I was, you know, thirteen or fourteen, and then I played one year of varsity soccer, and at the same time I was in the pre-academy and academy program. But then I also, you know, I played basketball as well, so I was a multi-sport athlete going in the and going into high school. But what really helped me propel me into like. Getting recruited was going to the tournaments, you know, for Generation Adidas Cup, Dallas Cup, all these tournaments. That was you know from the academy,
1: Mm.
2: and I you know went there and they were actually looking at, of course, other guys on my team um, in the academy or the pre-academy at the time. And you know I was you know I was just playing, you know, I was playing my best, doing the best that I can, and of course I was getting scattered by you know these high level D one teams, colleges, and I was really you know I was shocked. I was like wow I'm getting you know this email from my you know North Carolina or you know Elon or UMBC and it was like 50 college coaches at each of our games and they're all looking at you know the attackers mostly because love attackers but not really defenders but I was able to you know win their eye and just really just focused on what I had to do and I had fun with it and it made me uh have a lot of you know options coming coming out of high school
1: yeah, actually, that's what I meant to ask you too. How did DC United first discover you for the youth program?
2: It's a good question. Um, so, growing up, I was playing for SAC, which is the Soccer Association of Columbia, mm-hmm. and I grew up playing um, in that club for you know a bunch of years. And then I was I was with this coach called Coach Glenn Cadenhead, and he was pretty much the coach that really made me who I was as a player, you know, just my focus and just tenacity and grit and my competitive spirit. And there is a rule that you couldn't coach a team more than like three or four years. And he basically gave up coaching my team. And I still have contact with some of the guys on that team. My last team I was with for SAC and so he left and then I played another year and then I you know, I didn't really like the coach. And I said, All right, I need to I need to find a different team. So DC United actually reached out to me, and so I was considering them, you know, 12 to 13 years old uh, during that time. And then I went the, you know, trial for, I think it was Baltimore Bays at the time, Pipeline, and Thunder. And what really spoke to me was an email from from DC United, from Mike Marciano, for the U14s, and I was just like, oh, maybe I should try try for this team. And then at the trials, I see all the guys I played against, you know, in the DMV area, and, you know, it was good to see them. And, you know, I made the team, and I was playing with the guys who I, I played against, um, you know, when I was on sacks. So it was kind of good to see them, and, you know, I knew their, how, to, how to play them and defend them, and it was it was pretty uh, pretty cool to be a part of that team and just being, being able to be wanted at a, at a young age um, on that mm-hmm. team as well.
1: Yeah. Like getting picked for that. Was that like a moment where you, where you thought you were like, all right, like I could become a pro or, or no, not yet.
2: Yeah. So that, that's also a good que- question because I had in a, a lot of consideration on, you know, which, which team will help me get me to the next level, whether that's, you know, college or overseas or whatever. So I was like, Oh, DC United, that's a, you know, a first team, you know, that's a professional team. Mm-hmm. So maybe that could, you know, hopefully propel me into playing with the first team. So I talked to my parents, discussed it, and they were like, yeah, this is a great opportunity. I was like, all right, I'll I'll do it. And so I think it was a great opportunity, you know, at this point, uh, you know, going with them and seeing what they had to offer. And, you know, um, I was really blessed to be part of this program.
1: Yeah, now going back to high school and your recruiting process, I know you said you played multiple sports. So do you think playing multiple sports uh, like helped you in soccer?
2: Yeah, I think 100% because I developed a lot of different skill sets for me because being my height as like 6'4", you know, 6'5", I was developing, you know, good defensive, staying loose to the ground, moving my feet, staying focused during long periods of time. But we had like, you know, intense practices when I played uh, football or or, uh, basketball. And in basketball, I had some really, you know, tough trainings and we would run constantly. But that made me so fit for, you know, soccer games. Cause I would honestly have a high school soccer game. Then I would have to get in the car, uh, say goodbye to my coach and my team and then go straight to DC United practice. So I was, you know, going from one game to a practice and, you know, doing homework on the side. So it was pretty busy, but it really made me focused in aspects of, you know, um what I had to do to get to the next level and just creating a good self awareness of my, you know, mind and, Um, focus and, you know, grit and garnering as much information as possible to, you know, get to the next level.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then why did you end up picking Maryland? That's,
2: That's a good question. So basically Maryland was, I feel like, one of my last three schools I was really interested in. And I think they were interested in me when I played in a couple games against players that they were recruiting. And one was, I think, Sebastian Elney for the Philadelphia Union at the time. And, you know, they saw me play him and I played him very well. Um, You know, I shut him down. So they were pretty impressed about that. Also, Red Bulls I did really well against. And they were just, they were always tracking my progress. Also, there's like little things like I would show up to my sister's basketball practice and his daughter also played basketball. And I would be, you know, juggling in the corner just with a basketball and always, he was always, uh, my coach for uh, Maryland, Sasha would always uh, watch me and ask my parents questions, like, what team is he on? You know, is he, you know, is he good with his feet? Blah, 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 all these questions. So he always actually really kept tabs on me. Mm-hmm. And then also my dad worked there at the time Then my sister was going there for college for, you know, studying like physical therapy. So honestly, I think it was best bet for me to go there. Cause I had, you know, a big influence mm-hmm. by my, my dad, my sister, also, I had a lot of friends who were going to Maryland, so I think it was a perfect option for me for more of like a, a home kind of surrounding and also uh, for academics for the way I wanted to study biology. I wanted to study uh, marine science and biology. So they didn't have that, so I switched to ecology and evolution.
1: All right.
2: But then it got way, way too hard because in season take labs and I was thinking like organic chemistry and I, it was just so much to um so it was such such a load for me as a soccer player I had to switch to environmental science during my last years because I just needed to focus on you know soccer and just just be happy because I want to enjoy my time at yeah. you know college so because you're only there for four years yeah. and I was there for like three and a half three years yeah so yeah you got to make sure you're you know studying and doing the stuff that you need to do um on and off the field but also you want to have fun during that time so i had to make sure i was balancing all that as much as possible
1: well i gotta ask who were the other final two schools
2: so one was actually Chapel Hill. So I was really interested because the, you know, marine science program. And I really love the, the campus. The campus is beautiful. I really enjoyed being on that campus. But I just, you know, I didn't get a warm fuzzy from, uh, from the coach. I really, you know, he's a great coach. I just asked him some questions and, you know, I, I didn't really get the response that I wanted to hear. So, you know, I took that into consideration because, you know, who's going to put you on the field? The coach yeah. so if you don't like the coach and the coach is not answering your questions or if he doesn't really want you like if you 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 can tell if a coach really wants you and i felt like he didn't really want me and i didn't want to be there for you know th- three or four years if the coach didn't really um see me as a as a player he wanted hmm. so i switched yeah and then i you know i focused on maryland and i talked to sasha sasha really enjoyed my time and he really enjoyed me as a person and really wanted me to you know come to maryland and and I you know, I went with him because I, I think it was more of a family aspect and I really trusted that he was gonna get me to the next level. So that was really I was really blessed to be part of that program.
1: Yeah, now can you explain to me like being on the, the youth club for DC United? So they have your rights, is that correct? Like during college still?
2: Yeah, yeah. So um basically yeah, the Academy had my rights. So if I would have signed with a team, you know, overseas, mm-hmm. they would have to buy out my claws yeah. or whatever they have. In my academy, and then I would go over to that team if they really wanted me. So they would have to buy out my contract, and then I would yeah. either head over to wherever I would want to go.
1: Did you have the option to like not go to college, or or no?
2: No, I I, yeah, I wanted to go to college. They basically, I probably wasn't ready yet, which you know I understood. So I went to college for like a year and a half, and I played with the under twenty threes mm-hmm. for a couple years. And um, then I also, I went overseas with Maryland and we did really well against some British clubs. So we played like Leicester City, Mm -hmm. we played a Welsh team, we played Stoke City, we played Leicester City, Connors K, Stoke. And it was another like Premier League club uh, who was, oh, QPR. Yeah, QPR. So we played Queen's Park Rangers and we did really well. We actually like beat all those teams. and. The cool thing was when i went back they called my coach uh sash and qpr wanted me to do a trial so it was kind of cool that they were interested in me even before i had a good end to the season with maryland when we won the national championship in uh 2018 that was pretty cool so after that i was going to go do some trials but dc called my coach and you know called me and said we have a contract for donovan if he's ready to sign and then i took that into consideration and then um then I signed for DC and that was that was pretty cool
1: yeah yeah that's awesome I didn't didn't even know universities like went overseas and played
2: yeah it was just like a it's a spring I think it's like a a spring kind of thing because we don't have a season so we go over there for like a like two weeks and uh just play games
1: yeah that's dope and what was your overall experience like at Maryland I know you mentioned you won the national championship so and like what was that like to win that all
2: yeah it's, it's pretty pretty surreal I think it was just one of the like best feelings like Something like I can't believe it because it actually happened and the run that we had was pretty amazing. And I was just really blessed to be a part of that group because they're just such incredible players and such a great team to be a part of. And the cool thing is, is that most of the like the seniors and players that wanted to go to the next level did. And, you know, most of those guys got contracts and now they have they're playing in the first team in the MLS. And I was just really happy that I was able to help all those players get into the MLS or get into the USL. And you know have have contracts and live their dreams, so you know I'm a pretty giving person, so I was really happy that I was able to help them and plus they were like a you know brothers to me and it was just really cool that we were able to win the championship and go on and move on to the next level as well
1: yeah yeah definitely and what about was it difficult to leave Maryland early or not or not really
2: <laughs> yeah I mean for me, I didn't want to leave because I wanted to you know finish up my degree. Mm-hmm. And because uh, that's what my parents, you know, they focus on academics first all the time, which is you know that should always be the case. But um, for me, I felt like I was ready to just go on to the next level, and you know, I feel like I said I said to my parents and and Sasha said, you know, I did everything possible, you know, for this school and this uh, uh, organization, and because I won the regular season, I won the Big Ten championship, and I won you know the national championship. So I felt like I did everything possible for this program and everything possible, you know, for me and. Also, you know, I got individual accolades, and I was like, I think I should just go on to the next level. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Yeah, that was my thought process. I
1: mean, yeah, it's pretty cool to go out, and you went your last year was the national championship.
2: Yeah, yeah, I was just like, I think, I think I should, you know, leave while my, I guess my stock is high. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Then was there any? I know you talked about the European clubs too. Was there any point that you might have signed with them versus going to DC?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was about to, I was about to leave the next day to go uh, to England to do some trials, and then as soon as I had dinner, then I got an email from you know the the manager, and you know Ben called me, and it's just like, oh geez, and then my dad's like, all right, we gotta, we gotta look through this, and my agent, we called my agent, and it was, it was just like, you know, all this happened in one night.
1: And That's crazy.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's fast. Things yeah. things happen fast. Yeah. It's the business. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And what about what? Do, what does it mean to you just play for your hometown team?
2: Oh, it's it's pretty, I'm just, you know, I'm so blessed and I I was really happy. I mean, I've I've stayed local basically all my life and, you know, I was really happy to, you know, play at SAC, play at DC Academy, go to Maryland, stay, you know, stay in state, playing for DC United and it's just, it's crazy and I was really happy to, you know, stay local and, you know, be with my friends and talk to them about it and inspire people coming up in the, younger ages to you know keep working hard you never know what's going to happen and just never give up so uh, Mm -hmm. I was was really happy to you know stay local and be able to play with uh, DC United because I I would go to their games I would be ball boys for them Uh, there was one I think on TV where I was a ball boy and Andy Nahar scored like a a rip of a shot and there's me behind the goal I put my hands up and somehow someone saw it and I think Either DM'd me or my media guy also saw, it. he's like, Don, did you, were you a ball boy at one of the games? I'm like, yeah. It's like, I have the video. And it, it was, it was kind of cool to see that back again after like, yeah, like six years. It's kind of, it was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And then yeah. what, what was it like to make your pro debut last year? I know you technically made two pro debuts in the USL and MLS. What were like the differences?
2: Yeah, uh, that's an interesting question. For, so we'll start, I guess, in the USL. Mm-hmm. So it was my first game. It was raining. The field was just, you know, soaked. You know, it was kind of dangerous as a turf field. We were playing, I think, Nashville. And... You know, I'm playing with all these, you know, young guys. I think Griffin was playing in that game too. And it was just a, it was a crazy game. But, you know, I, I tried to stay focused and do the best that I could. And it was, it was a fun game because I was able to read the ball really well, made some really key plays and tackles. And it was fun to play because I was playing at such a high level in, in college. So I could transfer that to the USL very, very easily. And um, I did really well in that game. I was really happy. Made key plays. I think Griffin scored that game. It was just a fun game to be a part of. And it was good to see a lot of the academy guys too. But I think my favorite game of all time was my first game in the MLS against Colorado. And I think I had, like, basically, I've never had, like, a perfect game. But that was, like, a perfect game for me. Defensively, passing, I got an assist in that game. I was, like, you know walking whatever you want to call it, on water. It was it was honestly, you know, that's impossible. But, you know, it was it was pretty sick. I was just having a good time playing that game. I was playing at such a high level. I was playing against Kai Kamara, I think. And I was shutting him down and, you know, he's a he's a top striker. So I was pretty happy to be able to shut him down. And, you know, it was just a great fun game to be a part of. And plus like Chris Durkin scored. So there's a lot of homegrowns in that game too. So it was it was really, really fun. really fun game to be a part of
1: yeah that's awesome going into this year were you at the bubble
2: uh yeah i was at the bubble Uh, yep so how was that it was interesting uh (laughs) you know getting there disney you know have all these emotions pretty cool you know going there as a kid or you know something and um it was really cool to be at disney playing in those disney resort you know complexes Mm -hmm. but then after a week or so it kind of got you know repetitive and Mm You know, you couldn't see anybody. You're, you're in an enclosed environment. All you could do was really go to the pool, go to the lounge area, or, you know, play some games they had out for us around the hotel. Uh, but we had to be really cautious because we, we couldn't be together in specific places too close. And we couldn't really say hi to our friends mother teams. It's kind of tough. It got kind of lenient as the weeks went by. But, you know, we wake up in the morning, you know, get breakfast, come back, go straight to our room, wait for an hour. Then get our stuff for training go back to our room wait you know 30 minutes then go to training then after training shower go back to our like we couldn't really talk to anybody it was just like do this do that just go straight to your room so it was it was a very diligent process you know to be a part of but you know it is what it is we had Mm -hmm. to focus on what we were there for and we tried our best but you know it is what it is and uh yeah
1: and what yeah what's it been like getting back into uh, i guess the quote-unquote new normal
2: uh, I mean, still, still not normal yet. We yeah. still have to do a lot of, you know, social distancing and just focusing on what we have to do to stay positive and stay out of, you know, certain places. We still have to make sure we're not coming in contact with a lot of people and, uh, staying out of, you know, restaurants. So we, we can't go to certain places because we got to protect our team, our staff, and you know, they have families and just a lot of stuff we have to always be mindful of. But we still can train, you know, at a high level and do the same things we always do as soccer players, uh, which is good. But we always have to wear masks. We we can't go any place without them. Even coming mm-hmm. to training, we have to wear masks. Every other day we get tested. So we get tested like four days a week, mm-hmm. practically. But, you know, it, it is what it is. We just test. I mean, you know, go into our training, put our cleats on, get warm and, you know, go to our meeting and then we train. So. It's pretty consistent every day, which is good. Mm-hmm. But you know, you just gotta trust the process and keep fighting for what you have to do to stay on the field and uh, do well.
1: Yeah, and then I know going back, you played for, or you're still playing for the the U.S. Under 23 team. So what is that? What does that mean to you to represent the USA?
2: Yeah, it means it means so much. I mean, you know, I have a lot of goals in mind. I really want to make this this Olympic team. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I really, really hope that I pray that I can be a part of that team. And so I, I really was trying to do well, uh, you know, this season for D.C., I think for the seven or eight games I played so far. And I, I want hopefully I can play a little bit more and keep showing that I can play at this level. And hopefully I can make my dream come true to be on this Olympic team. And hopefully in the future, I'll be on the full men's national team. So mm-hmm. just got to keep focusing on my craft and keep perfecting some stuff and just keep working hard and hopefully uh, – If all goes well and, and, you know, uh, all because of God and everything else will follow suit. And uh, just keep praying and keep working hard and trusting the process. And I know I can do it, but
0: it's just, you know, I just got to keep going. Mm -hmm. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today.
1: Are you ready for the five Quincy questions?
0: Oof. All right. (laughs) Let's go.
1: (laughs) What's the most important quality or skill that you feel has helped you been successful as a pro player?
2: I think um, patience. Uh, So just making sure you're aware of your surroundings. So uh, I know in my rookie season last year, Quincy, you know, Quincy was on the team and he would always be like, you know, relaxed on, just, you know, see what you have to see and just take it all in. And he's like, he, because you never know when things are going to be, you know, gone and people are not going to be there. And evidently I've seen all that. in like the first,
1: mm-hmm. you
2: know, six months of my career. And just to be patient and be observant and, you know, a couple guys, you know, just, leave just like that instantly. And you just got to make sure you just take it with a grain of salt because this is a business and mm. anything can happen. So he taught me, you know, just patience and just understanding who's around you and just being aware.
1: What's the biggest mistake you think pro players are making?
2: That's a tough. That's a tough one. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe not asking questions. Maybe just going with what they know, but having the, you know, audacity or just – presence of mind to you know, ask questions to the coach and making sure people are on the same page just so nobody's left hanging You because know? we have all different types of nationalities and we want to make sure everyone's on the same page and if everyone's on the same page then you're going to get the right production from the team so just communication and asking questions I, I feel like is one of the most important things.
1: Yeah that's a good one because I feel like even in regular just life I feel like people are afraid to ask questions.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: What advice would you give a young player trying to make the MLS or a pro league?
2: Mm. Uh, Probably focus on, you know, the little things as much as possible and try to develop some kind of skill that will put you ahead of the guy in front of you, whether that could be, you know, incredible ball in, you know, getting a lot of power on the ball when you're crossing it, swerve, whatever you can, or being a monster at heading, And just scoring off headers and being a dangerous person in the box or just developing a skill that will get you by the person in front of you so if you develop something like that at a young age and people are gonna you know take a look at that and be like that guy can play or you can't defend that move and once you you know figure that out then the sky's the limit for you then you have to work on everything else and understand the game and your position and then you know you're gonna move past everyone in front of you basically
1: are these next two could either be soccer related or, or life related? What's something you think most people think is true that you believe isn't? <laughs> I love people's reactions to these questions.
2: Yeah, geez, this is dang, I don't know. Uh that I was gonna say that that global warming is true. Uh, people don't know that, you know, our polar ice I'm a more of a biology guy, so we know that the polar ice caps are melting and so you know The weather right now, it's getting warmer. It should be getting colder. Mm -hmm. And we got to make sure we're watching what we do and um, just focus on what's going on in the world around us that's in the environment instead of uh, basically in in politics too. But I guess that's that's what I want to probably say at the moment.
1: All right, I like that. Using science to your advantage.
2: Yeah, just keep it (laughs) kind of short and sweet. I don't want to go into really uh, intense stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, What's something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of what would happen if things didn't go well?
2: Dang, that's a good one. I I thought of something just instantly right now. I think it would be just dribbling the ball up from the back and taking on a good amount of players. But I know for a fact that my coach will never let me play if I ever do that. So I've seen it, you know, from you know Virgil Van Dyke. He like took on like a whole team um, against you know when he was on Celtic. But if I ever did that, I probably wouldn't play again. So um, just being able to, you know, dribble past stiff-arm people, dribble yeah. past, you know, half the team, and just laser a shot past the goalkeeper. Uh, sometimes I do that in practice sometimes, but, you know, it's it's rare. But, like, I would want to try it in a game, but I know I would get you all that instantly.
1: I gotcha. All right, you ready yeah. for some fun questions? This is the last few. Okay, Yeah. Who would you want to do a jersey exchange with in the MLS and then overseas? Ooh.
2: <sighs> okay. I've actually gotten a, a good amount of jerseys in the past two years. Some people ask me for mine, and then I ask for theirs. But. So, who,
1: who, who have see. you got so far?
2: Okay. So I have my boy Chase Gasper. I have Eric Williamson. I have CJ Sapong. I have Omar Gonzalez. I have Kai Kamara. I have, I wish I was in my, uh, in my room right now, back in uh, College Park. A couple more. Yeah, that's dope. Oh, Jesse Zardes. Uh, Mostly, you know, some attacking players that I played against. Mm -hmm. Dane Sinclair. I'll try to get all the guys to that Maryland too, so trying to get them. But, yeah, so those, I think, those are a good amount so far, yeah. but I think the person that I probably would want to get it from would be Nani or if latch on was uh, still at the club yeah, at L.A. Yeah, it's not the neighborhood. but, you know, it is what it is.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. cool. What's something you like to do in your free time when you're not playing soccer?
2: Free time? Um, you know, probably just because I'm a nature guy, just going on hikes. So enjoying, you know, the fresh air. Uh, sometimes fishing, and you know, at night just playing Call of Duty Warzone because uh, that, that game's pretty pretty fun when you're playing with uh, your buddies yeah. and you win the game. So Warzone, you know, hiking and uh, and fishing from time to time.
1: All right, last one. What's something uh, people don't know about you?
2: Ooh, uh, people don't know that I took uh, Mandarin Chinese for three and a half years in high school. So I wanted to continue taking Chinese in college but, you know, I had to focus on soccer and you know, biology during that time so I couldn't really have time to study Mandarin Chinese, which I probably could, I didn't want to, I don't have, you know, a social life, so I had to make sure uh, to stay focused with that, but I might continue it in probably the next couple years, I gotta get back into it because I probably want to, you know, do some studies in China on like this, this fungus called chytrid that's killing a lot of amphibians, so I was I was trying to do a internship when I was in um, college, but I just didn't have time to mm-hmm. go uh, go over the China. So, so I want to continue learning Chinese because I, you know, I forgot a lot of a lot of it. So I got to continue, you know, uh, learning that Mandarin and um, hopefully get back into it in the next couple of years.
1: I got to ask you one bonus one. What do you want to do after soccer? Because you seem very interested in education.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, I want to continue Chinese, so I want to have that on, on my resume as well so mm-hmm. I can be, you know, you know, bilingual um, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, maybe taking Spanish as well. I took some classes last year. They were free from the club because we had a lot of Spanish players. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, you know, continue with Chinese. Probably, I don't want to necessarily be a teacher. Me, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But, you know, I, I love, you know, giving back and, you know, teaching as much as possible what I know maybe at a certain time maybe i could be a coach for maybe some teaming you know clarksville or columbia if anyone wants me um you know in in the future and uh and yeah just hopefully do some more studies and just keep doing research because uh, yeah. that's what i probably i would probably want to do research in the field because i love the environment yeah uh, yeah so that's that's my goal hopefully i can figure that out in the next couple of years but you know i still want to hopefully keep doing well with soccer and hopefully make it to the next level in Europe. So those are my goals, uh, you know, coming up. And hopefully I can reach them.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you on social media?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I only have um, an Instagram guy. So it's uh, Donnie, D-O-N-N-Y, C-P-23. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate
1: it. Yeah, again, appreciate it. And uh, best of luck the rest of the season.
0: Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it. See you guys. Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening, and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.